Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friend. Nice to have you back. I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't know where you're listening to me, but if you're out practicing and listening to me, (laughs) then this podcast is for you. Because I want to talk about the mental side of practicing. It is equally as important as mental golf, what you take onto the golf course. Remember, you have one brain off of the golf course, on the golf course, and when you practice and how you manage it is so important for you creating your results. If you want to create results when you're practicing, then you have to go into it with a good mindset. I find so many people go out and practice and they just show up on the range and they hit balls and they whack away and then they judge their game and how they get to feel based on how many good shots they saw. It's not the way to do it. I want you to get in the habit of preparing yourself mentally before you go practice as much as you do when you're on the golf course. Because ultimately, when you go out and play, you want to hit as many shots from calm, certain, and confident as possible. The reason you want to do that is because you can think clearly and swing freely. That means we're going to make good decisions and we're going to move our body the way that we trained it. When we go to the range, we want to make good decisions and we want to be able to move our body. So it works over there too. Being calm or certain or confident is also going to be useful. Focused, determined, motivated, present, those all work too. Hopeful, optimistic, positive, those all work. Those get us into a place where we can think clearly and swing freely. But what I find is a lot of people go to practice. I did this in a poor mindset. And I'm going to categorize it into three kinds of practicers. We got the people who love to practice. And when I say they love to practice, they could go out and spend hours hitting balls, hours in the short game, putting, hitting balls. This is not a problem. (laughs) I definitely was this person. When I was playing for a living, I used to go out and think that I just need to spend three hours on the range every afternoon. And that was good. But I spent half the time talking to people. (laughs) It wasn't quality practice. It was quantity of practice. The other thing someone does when they love to practice besides maybe spending it out there as social time, is they don't set an intention. They don't have a plan. They're just whacking balls, which is also not a problem, but you're not guaranteeing that you're not going to ingrain a bad habit. Remember, anytime you practice, you're rehearsing. You're rehearsing something, and if you don't set an intention on what you're rehearsing, you could be rehearsing something that's not useful, that's not going to help you. You start ingraining a move over and over again. What happens with people who love to practice is they use the ball, the flight, the shot, the result as a way of judging how well they're doing. And that's not always the case. You have hand-eye coordination. I always say two wrongs make a straight in golf. So you can have one wrong move and makes the ball go crooked and you have another wrong move and that makes the ball go straight. Now you got two wrong moves to fix, but if you're using your result or your shot as an indication that you're doing things really well, That's not always a great criteria. So loving to practice is not a problem. It's a problem if you you don't set an intention or if you don't have a plan. And it's a problem if you're basing it on the time that you're out there, not the quality of the time that you're out there, which I for sure did. (laughs) You go out there and talk to everybody. I'm like, oh, that was three hours. That was great practice. High five myself. Way to go. 
right? If I sat there and thought about it, I like, you know, only probably put it in an hour of practice. I had a lot of fun, but I only put it in an hour of practice. Okay, so that's the love to practice person. Then there's the hate to practice person, right? This is a person who might hate to practice because they have a scarcity mindset, meaning that they think they only have so many good shots in them and they don't want to waste them on the range. I've heard this one. <laughs> I don't want to waste all my good shots by warming up or practicing. Right? That's a scarcity mindset. That means that you only have a limited supply. Right? That doesn't feel very good and it's not very true. I want you to question that. Question the logic in that. Some people go and practice and they feel like they hit it worse. Now, I use practicing as your snapshot of where you are, how you hit it on the range, as a way of knowing where you are as far as your swing and your potential. And then how much of that we can take out on the golf course, the differential in that is your mental game. Right. So in other words, if you hit it way better on the range than you hit it on the golf course, that's mental game. Every once in a while, I run into people who hit it worse on the range. Most of the time when that happens is because we create so much tension out there for some reason or another. It could be that you become very mechanical. It could be that you start doing what I call chasing squirrels, meaning you miss hit one shot and you try and tweak it and fix it with something. And then you miss hit another shot and you try something different and you miss hit another shot. And now you're trying something else and you create a lot of tension and then you start hitting it worse. Or you're overcritical of yourself. When you miss hit a shot, you start beating the crap out of yourself and you just feel horrible. So you hate to practice. It could also be one of the reasons why you hate to practice is you feel like you have to practice. This is a little bit more common with junior golfers and college golfers where it's on the list of things that they have to do. And, you know, they have a parent or a coach that's telling them they have to go practice and they're doing so against our will. I'm just saying nobody likes to be told that they have to do anything. So if you have a junior or college player, it's always more empowering when it's their decision, some way that you can do that. They're going to go out and enjoy the experience so much more, right? It's like kind of telling your kid that they have to go clean your room, right? You have to, right? <laughs> You're always going to get pushed back on that or you have to do the dishes or whatever it might be. And that could be a reason why we end up hating practicing is because it's something that we feel like we have to do, which goes to the next person who is the over-practicer. So the over-practicer, I was this person as well. It comes from saying that I need to practice or I have to practice different. Like I have to practice. I'm choosing to, but I have to because if I don't practice, I'm going backwards. If I don't practice, I'm not going to be good as I want to be. If I don't practice, I'm not going to shoot the scores. My swing isn't going to improve. I'm not going to qualify. I'm not going to make the team. An over-practicer is a person who's coming at practice from a needy and graspy energy. It's from pressure. If I don't practice, I have anxiety. I worry that I don't practice. And when I practice, I'm looking for results. I'm looking to see myself hit a ball a certain way. Sometimes I won't leave the range until I see certain shots. Now, I'm not saying it's not a good idea to challenge yourself if you play games on the range to hit certain shots or make a certain number of putts. But when we go and we overpractice and we're saying that I need to practice and I can't take a day off of practicing, if I do, I'm going to go fall behind or I'm going to lose my swing or my game's not going to be there or I'm not going to be able to tell myself that I'm ready, then we produce pressure, even anxiety, even fear. Those are not good places to practice from. I did this when I lived in Miami, Miami Beach, and my sister, she begged me to go to the beach with her. 
She's like, just take a day off. I'm like, I can't take a day off. I can't. If I take a day off, my thought was that people would pass me. I always thought that I had to outpractice the next person. Someone gave me that thought and I ran with it. <laughs> not healthy for me. Didn't notice it at the time, but it was not healthy. I had a lot of anxiety around practicing. If I didn't practice, I really thought I was getting worse. So she begged me to go to the beach, Miami Beach. So I conceded and I said, okay, put in my swimsuit. I grabbed my sandwich and a basket of balls <laughs> and I went behind the condos. And I hit like 15 or 20 sand shots. She's sitting over there with a cooler of beer, <laughs> reading a book. She's like, come on. I'm like, just a couple more. I didn't even hit that many, but I couldn't go sit down and have a beer, read a book until I had hit at least like 20 bunker shots on the beach behind the condos in my bathing suit. Not a pretty picture. Not a good visual. Right, but that's how attached I was to practicing. Not a good place. That was not calm. That's not certain or that's not confident. And none of it was true. That ends up not serving us when we go out. Well, let's say we get rained out one day or, you know, the weather's really bad at home and you can't practice and you have that mindset that my game isn't going to be ready, that I didn't get a chance to practice or that I need to see myself hit a certain number of shots a certain way before I can feel comfortable and, and confident when I go out and play. None of that is true. The amount of time that you practice, especially if you're a seasoned golfer or seeing certain shots, doesn't mean that you can't go out to the golf course and swing with any kind of certainty and confidence. They're not related. At the same time, I'm not saying that we don't work on our swing. I'm not saying that we don't have things that we might want to change in our swing or things that we want to ingrain to become better. I'm saying that for you to go out and ingrain those things and work on those things and own them, it is so important that you come at your practice sessions from a right mindset because you're going to get so much more out of your practice sessions. You're going to learn and improve much faster. So this is how you're going to set yourself up for a good mindset before you go out and practice. The first thing that you want to do is that you want to create a plan. You have to have an idea of what you're doing. I want you to remember that every swing you take, you're ingraining something. It's either useful or not useful. So decide what you want to do. And I think that's another reason why people don't go out and practice is because they don't know how to practice or what to practice. And if that is you, go take a lesson, get an idea on something to practice to improve your swing or your short game or your putting. Don't guess. Don't watch a YouTube video. And don't ask your accountant or your lawyer or doctor who's hitting balls next year for their opinion on what you should do in your swing. Right? No offense, but they're not trained professionals in that arena. When I taught, I tell people, I'd give them a drill, and I said, this is the way you're going to practice. You're going to do eight of this drill, you're going to do eight of this drill, and you're going to do eight with just trying to put it together and integrate it in your swing, and then you're going to repeat, and you're going to give yourself a high five if you did the move successfully. You're going to grade yourself not on the shot and not on the result, but what the drill was trying to produce. So if I gave them a drill hitting balls with their feet together because they were swaying and they didn't fall down, win, high five. Do it eight times in a row, win. Awesome, great practice session. You're integrating that into your swing. Do the next drill. Send your takeaway, check it. If you do it eight times, win. And then integrate it. Do eight swings. I usually told them to keep it under 10 because we can get sloppy and our mind can wander, I think, over that number. And then just keep rotating through it. Have a plan when you go out and hit short game shots. How many are you going to hit? Land them in certain spots. So many people go to the range and they're just... 
you know, top eight shots in a row, and then they hit one solid and pure. They're like, that's the one I want. I'm like, well, that's not what you own. <laughs> you own tops because you kept repeat, repeating and rehearsing top shots. You got to get rid of the one that you hit well, and then you'd be really consistent, right? Have a plan and don't base the plan on seeing pretty little shots. Base the plan on what you're trying to do with your swing or with the shot or what you're trying to rehearse. So that's about setting an intention before you go practice. And it doesn't have to be time-based. Number two, get yourself into a place of being calm, certain, and confident. Check in with what your thoughts are about practicing. What am I thinking right now about this practice session? What do I want to think about this practice session? What is a win today for me? Ask good questions. Get yourself into a place where you're relatively calm so that you can move your body and rehearse and ingrain the things that you're trying to do. And you can think and focus on what you're trying to do. Third step. If you are not calm, certain, or confident, go take a walk. Step away. Breathe. Use it as an opportunity to rehearse getting past a negative emotion like you would on the golf course. Give yourself 60 or 90 seconds. If you need longer, go get a drink of water. Do not hit golf balls ticked off, pressured, rushed. You're only going to mess up your tempo. You're only going to mess up your swing. You're not going to create results that you want to see. If you do, you got lucky. Yeah, can we hit good golf shots ticked off? Yes. Is it what we want to do every single time? No. Right? So if you're not calm, certain, and confident, do not hit another golf ball. Take a little walkabout. And then fourth, remember, it is quality over quantity. It's not based on time. If you all you had that day was 20 shots where you could focus and pay attention and you were present, and then you got distracted, your phone rang, someone came up and talked to you, then you need to stop. If all you had was 20 shots before you just were done and too frustrated and wanted to call it a day, that's all you had. You don't get bonus points for hitting 40 more shots from being ticked off or distracted. Those are the times where we go backwards and we produce more work for us. All right, so whoever you are as a practicer, whether you love to practice, you hate to practice, you overpractice, or there's the underpracticer too. It's a whole nother thing. You want to go through and get yourself in the right mindset before you practice. Have a plan. Practice from calm, certain, or confident. If you're not there, do a walkabout and use it as an opportunity to practice pivoting mentally to get yourself back into that state so you can take it on the golf course. That would be a win. And then focus on quality versus quantity. All right, my friends, you do that and your game is going to get better so much faster than going out there and just whacking balls. All right. If you want to connect with me or learn more about what I have going on, just go to kathyhartwood.com. All right. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.